Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In series three, we're teaching women how to be bold and proud in pursuing their career ambitions by sharing top tips and expertise from individuals who champion equality and diversity in the workplace. I'm delighted to welcome Muzadori to the show today. Muzadori works at Salesforce as an area vice president and is head of UK energy and utilities. She is, however, quite an inspiration and has been named Yahoo Finance Heroes Top 100 Female Future Leaders of 2020 and is also recognised as the UK 50 Leading Lights of Kindness and Leadership 2020. She's an equality and diversity champion at Salesforce. I'm very excited about hearing about her story today. So, Mazadori, please do introduce yourself and tell us more about your backstory and your career now. What do you do? Thank you, Heather. And thank you so much for asking me to be a guest on your podcast. It's a massive honour. Thank you. Uh, so, And also, please do call me Muzzy, which is how I'm known. Uh, so, what am I, how can I introduce myself? I am at Salesforce. If I work backwards, I started my, I guess, professional career thinking that I wanted to be a psychologist. Mm-hmm. So I went to university and did a degree in psychology. And, and I did that because I'm so fascinated with how people work and operate and what makes them tick, et cetera. And it was brilliant to do the degree and to understand a bit more about it. But about the second year of that degree, I quickly realized that I didn't necessarily want to go and pursue a career in psychology. Um, And because I had a a fortuitous, uh, one of those fortuitous meetings, um, which set me off on a completely different track. And I ended up uh, in my sort of final year at uni spending a summer uh, traveling around Wales, uh, knocking on doors, selling aerial photographs door to door, which sounds, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. sounds when I say it back, lots of people go, oh my goodness. Uh, and I had no sales background, but what I did need was some experience because it was a hugely competitive market uh, as it mm-hmm. still is at the point when I was graduating. And I felt I needed some commercial experience and or something that I could you know, go and, and um, use to, to get onto graduate schemes somewhere else. Mm. But in that summer, you know, that 12 weeks, whatever it was, uh, I learned so much about me uh, and about what drove me. I unleashed, you know, this huge competitive spirit that was probably always <laughs> bubbling under the surface, but that I really got to realize and, and have fun with. You know, I was very successful, earned lots of money, which was uh, one of the other things I was trying to do that summer Definitely before I left. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I realized actually that I get got to satisfy that interest in people by knocking on hundreds of different doors in Wales and, and getting to know, uh, albeit for a short amount of time, people. But I also understood the art of selling. And I got to the end of that summer and just knew that I wanted to go into a career in sales. And so then I went uh, and got onto the BT graduate scheme, mm-hmm. which was a fantastic opportunity. And, and over the course of my time there, got to uh, be in lots of the different parts of the business, you know, working with lots of different customers, different sizes, all within the the remit of technology. And it makes always makes people laugh that, you know, I've had a 20-year career today in technology and I'm probably one of the least 
technical people <laughs> that you're going to meet. But what I love about technology is that it the impact it can have on people, <clears throat> on businesses, and how it can really help people, uh, businesses to be successful in, in terms of how they uh, operate with their customers. I moved from BT then into HP, where I started uh, uh, you know, into the next phase of my career around learning how to sell consulting. And the sort of project side of, of once somebody um, invests in technology, how then to make it successful and to help people to realize the value out of that. Um, and over the course of, I did that for about 10 years b- between HP and Oracle at Shermoved. And in that time had my three babies, three girls. And then, yes, moved to Salesforce a couple of years ago. And time has flown by. It's an absolutely fantastic place to be. And I was really attracted to Salesforce because it has a very values-driven culture. Uh, and so ben- Mark Benioff, who set up the business, did it with a view that business should be seen as a, a force for good in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it can make real impact in, in terms of how we can help and support others, which it, it absolutely does. So yes, and then I stepped up in February to run our energy and utilities vertical which is a, a new go-to-market for us. And so have great fun in, in helping and supporting our customers to look at how they engage from a digital transformation perspective. So yes, Fabulous. lots of fun. Oh, congratulations on the new role. That's really exciting. And what do you love most about your job right now? What, you know, you obviously say, I've re- you must be quite techy in that you know what the product is, obviously, to sell it and you use it every day, no doubt, <laughs> as part of what you do. So what is it that you love every day about what you do with customers? So I think, you know, notwithstanding we've all been in lockdown and working from home for the last nine months, which is a very different thing that you know, we've all been going through and, and challenging in a different way. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why I chose a, a career in sales at the very beginning was around variety, uh, around, um, you know, having something that would help others in, in terms of business problems uh, to solve those business problems. And that's no different today, really. You know, if I look at what I do on, on any given week, there's a huge amount of variety and be that with, you know, being uh, directly helping and supporting our customers with some of the business challenges that they have to, um, you know, looking at doing that internally with with uh, with my teams and and further on out. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about, as you said at the beginning, equality and diversity and do a lot internally and externally to, to help bring that forward as well. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, Salesforce offers a, a brilliant opportunity and, and culture to go and, um, you know, if you've got a, a passion around something to go and, and see how you can use that for, um, you know, the the benefit of customers or or, or wider communities or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I love it because it, as I say, there's there's a huge amount that I feel fulfilled uh, with with my career at, at Salesforce. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think it's really important reflection because some people feel a bit scared of sales as a role. But um, for some of our mums that come through our programme, I think actually it's quite a nice place to be potentially as a mum because you get to solve people's problems, come up with all the ideas of what products they can have, which is the fun part, and then go, okay, now over to the implementation team. (laughs) You do the hard part. 
<laughs> so I really enjoyed being actually stepping in the sales role when I had my young kids because it meant I didn't necessarily need to be on site. I mean, yes, you might have customer visits and pitches for, for doing sales, but actually a lot of it was phone calls and, you know, figuring out the right products and things. So I think the sales role is an interesting one that mums can take on that, you know, has a pressure of targets, right? You know, this kind Absolutely. Of- and, you know, it's a certain sort of person that it, that is suited and, and loves sales. So you either are or you aren't because that pressure is is absolutely there. But actually, I, I think it's around, it's not for me, and, and I think for lots of people, it's not about the the sort of, you know, hitting the target, that's very important, but it's more about the bigger picture around the impact that we're making with our customers and, and you know, into, into you know, wider industry and, and UK in terms of the solutions that it can bring. So that's, you know, that is the, the hitting the targets is a byproduct of that bigger sort of satisfying thing of, of seeing our customers and, and teams and everybody being successful. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's really important. And who would you say has been your source of inspiration and role model in in sort of thinking, well, I want to be like them? <laughs> Is that somebody well, that inspired you throughout your career? You know, the, there hasn't been one main person and, and I get inspiration from so many different people at different points in my career. And I think it's it's one of the things that drives me to, to try and help uh, others coming up the line, because I know certainly early on in, in my career, when I was looking across the tech landscape, were there any visible female leaders that I wanted to be like? Probably not very many, I have to be honest. Uh, there's some, you know, lots of, of very inspiring people doing uh, fantastic things from from lots of different aspects. But I look for those who have, you know, overcome adversity, who have brought amazing inspiration to teams. If I look at somebody like Dame Stephanie Shirley, who one of the first women was, well, she was the, built the first software company overcame huge adversity in her own life um you know being somebody who came across from germany uh, during the war and and changed how uh you know she she the whole work life balance and the misconception around women who back in in uh, the 50s once they had babies and got married that was they written off in terms mm-hmm. of the career and she picked up on all of that and changed really the 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 footprint of how you know, women were seen uh, from a from a technology perspective in terms of being really, really valuable, actually, and and but helped them to manage their work life balance um, by letting them work at whatever time they needed to, uh, and it not being quite so rigid. So I, I looked to, to people like that at, at different points who were challenging things to do things in a different way, and you know, uh, helping people along the way. So yes, there's there's too many to name. There's lots of brilliant people out there. <laughs> Oh, but that's a perfect exam- example. And I think that leads me on to my next sort of question to you really is that, I mean, it, brilliant, you've had three kids. That's awesome. And I love the fact that you, you're in a, a senior role now and fulfilling your ambitions career-wise. And it is challenging as a mum and life, you know, and, and things. And I think for many people, you know, going back to that point you made, when you've had kids or whatever, are you written off or not? <laughs> you know, where do you, how do you motivate yourself? What have you done to kind of keep yourself motivated and to keep on that the traction wheel? You know, did you, have you had a time where you've taken a bit of a step back or have you just kept going and have you done yeah. that? And so I don't think there's a straight, well, certainly for me, there hasn't been a straight trajectory of being uber ambitious all the time. And, you know, I, I, I look, I think sometimes ambition is seen as a, as a bad thing. I absolutely disagree. I think it's brilliant. But at different stages in my life and in my career, I felt ambitious and others where I thought, oh no, you know, I, I need to 
focus into different things. At the point when I had you know, my three girls, you know, the, the main priority and focus at that time in my career was was um, you know going through that and and seeing them. You know, for the first six months nine months a year I had with separate different ones then be successfully and happily integrated into into life but I knew with with my first daughter actually very quickly and nobody knows until you go through it by the way that uh, work and you know something else other than just motherhood was important to me and I think everybody gets you know that that is different for everyone so it's not it's not everybody follows the same path and I needed something else outside of that so I was I remember very very uh, happy to be back at work after number one what motivates me I think now it's about um, certainly being a, a senior role model uh, as a senior female role model for others coming up the line uh, but motivates me is is uh, for my girls when they get to the point where they're looking at the job market that they see a different landscape you know in whatever industry or, or stem or whatever it is that they go into uh, they might do now and I think that uh, motivates me hugely because that doesn't or isn't going to just happen I think what one of the very depressing facts is you know that that I can't remember who who uh, found it out, but in my lifetime, in my girls' lifetime, we won't see parity for women in STEM on pay or position, which is is well, very depressing. <laughs> mm. yeah. But you know that can only change. I believe when you know, everybody can look up and see themselves in roles that they might not have thought you know, they were capable of doing or possible from, from where they are. Um, and to be inspired by seeing lots of different people in lots of different roles and, and having taken lots of different career paths. And I think part of that is, um, it's easy to say that, isn't it? But part of it means that, you know, at lots of different stages, we need to step up and, and feel comfortable in being visible. And it's something I'm really passionate about, because I think, if we're not visible, then, you know, others can't see and therefore can't, we're not seen as role models. And so the whole problem is perpetrated again from, you know, those who are, who are at school or are choosing the subjects or just starts from the very beginning, doesn't it? With, with particularly with young girls. So that's, that's what motivates me and drives me now, really. Oh, fabulous. No, I think it's so important, isn't it? I think that visibility is important. My favourite word is empowering people, right? So kind of how do we empower people? It's in through, through inspirational role models, but also empowerment for me talks about, you know, how, what support have you put around yourself to kind of keep progressing? So the motivation is great, but what support, training, mentoring have you got that's helped you kind of keep going? Is there specific things that come to mind? Absolutely. I've, I'm a very big believer in and, and very vocal about um, having mentors, coaches and sponsors, all, all three very separate things in one's career. And at different times in one's career, those come into focus in different ways. You know, I've just said it's important to have role models, uh, but it's important to have people who can help you reach the next step. And I think that comes down to having very structured you know, discussions, conversations about what you want. One of the big things, you know, when I spend lots of time speaking to to people when I'm mentoring them is is landing on what we actually want can be very difficult because 
A, we might not know what's there, but B, we haven't quite worked through that. You know, do I have a five-year plan? Or do I have a do I have a twelve-month plan? Do I know what I want to do next week? You know, that that can be difficult sometimes. But I think for me, I think having a, a development plan is really important. Discussing that, you know, with with my my business and, and my manager and you know Salesforce is important. Uh, that goes to you know something I say. It sounds very obvious to lots of people, is but it's all very well you knowing what you want. If you're not telling people what you want, people won't know. They're not mind readers. So there's got to be a way that you're articulating what your next step is, what, what, you know, what you need in terms of support, where you'd like to be stretched. Um, and I think it goes deeper than just from a career perspective, i.e. what's my next role going to be. I think brilliant things that Salesforce do is to encourage everyone to look at it in the round so to look at it in the capacity of your life, what do you want out of your life? Because it's, you know, our work is one aspect, mm-hmm. but when we look at there's there's four broad aspects, what do we want to achieve, you know, in the next 12 months financially? What do we want to achieve in the next 12 months from a career perspective? The work-life balance comes into it. So, you know, I want to ensure, you know, I might be training for a marathon. I'm not training for a marathon. I hate running. <laughs> um, but, you know, if somebody, how are we going to build that into make sure that you're, you're, you're on track for that? Or, you know, I w- might want to pick the girls up from school three days a week or be home in time to do whatever it is. You know, how are we going to build that into this plan? Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is to look at it from a legacy perspective, which sounds grandiose I love that doesn't yeah it? it's nice what, though yeah what do you want to be known for you know when it's all all is said and done what what are you driving towards from that perspective what do you want to leave behind mm. because that if it's a you know if you've got a big vision there you might need to lay the trail for that now if it's you know a 20-year plan or whatever it is and so how how can you know we help you to to look at what that might be as well so I I I have a, a plan I encourage all of my team to have a plan as well and we uh, discuss it and openly see how we can support each other but it's a lot of the time I I don't always have the the next thing that I definitely am going for that and that's the only thing that I can do I think you have to be flexible and open to uh, you know opportunities and things that come along the way as well and to adapt you know sometimes slightly change the angle of of where you want to go. Especially, especially this year as well. That's been something that's, you know, talking about the five year plan. People are like, oh, I okay, can't even get past the next week at the moment. It's just, and I really noticed that with my team. I was like, what's your vision for next year? They're like, well, my vision is just to go for a run on Saturday at the weekend at the moment. That's all I can get to. And yeah. that's fine. You know, yeah. it's just knowing where people are at, isn't it? And um, the, the legacy, I think, is really interesting. And that obviously has been important for you, given what you were talking about in terms of your motivation. It feels like a really strong story for you. So I think that's a really nice angle to look at isn't it is to kind of like what would I want people to see or say about me at my funeral (laughs) is one way of looking at it but kind of knowing you know what you want to leave behind and get every bit we can do towards changing behaviors and thoughts and minds in context of STEM for what you were talking about is great because if we don't keep nudging the dial we're never going to make a change and we've come so far but it sounds like you know there's a long way to go still isn't there absolutely Um, so in terms of keep nudging you know the dial towards where you've wanted to go I think everybody suffers from that fear and lack of confidence and imposter syndrome so what have you done to kind of knock that on the head or kind of tackle it to kind of because people are scared about going for a promotion yeah so sure one of the fantastic things that I learned and I'm so pleased I learned this early on in my career when I did that summer job knocking on doors was that we were told in our you know we had two days of 
intensive sales training before they they let us off uh, just two days yes <laughs> <laughs> hit the road was that you are at several stages in the day and in our life and it, working life personal life whatever it may be are going to have that voice that says you know what this is just a bit difficult why don't we why don't we stop now and go and have a cup of tea and <laughs> we'll do it tomorrow or um you know what it's it's it, uh, a little bit tired and oh that person's going to be rude or what 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 are they going to think about me when i do this and to to recognize that voice is is something that's going to try and sabotage you know where you want to get to and to actively hear it and ignore it so I like to visualize that little voice sitting on my shoulder mm-hmm. as, uh, and that pops up for me daily, that voice that says, oh, you know, do, do I really want to do that difficult thing? Do we really want to have that difficult conversation? Do we really want to speak up about this thing when actually we, we don't need to? Do we really want to strive for that next thing? Because you might fail and you're going to look very silly. Mm. And to recognize that, you know, that's that's just a self-preservation thing or it's it's stopping you from from going the extra mile to be successful. And so I you know, how do I get over that? I think it's it's just about thinking what's the worst that can happen here? Mm-hmm. Really actually I know I've got something valid to say if I'm worried about speaking up or you know, I'm I'm actually I have got the skills. I have trained. I do know what I'm doing, you know, and, and really I need to have confidence in my ability to do this and, and just go for it because really what is the worst that's going to happen? They mm. might say no, or they might say I don't agree, or you might feel uncomfortable for three months as you start your new job or six months or a year. That's perfectly fine. I'm a big, big believer in and really try and drive myself. Uh, I, you know, I've got it on a, a magnet on our fridge that says life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. So if you ever feel you're in, or if I ever feel I'm in, in the point where I'm just getting a bit comfy, um, <laughs> I could probably oh, be doing that's... something else to to stretch myself and to, you know, be learning something new. So it's, you know, it's, it's a constant practice of that skill but then I go back to, you know, that it's the, it's the old stat that, that everybody likes to talk about, which is, you know, women tend to question themselves far more than, than men, particularly when, you know, looking at, at going for a new role and thinking, oh, God, I don't have that. I don't have that. I haven't got that skill. I haven't done that yet. Whereas, you know, men will typically go, well, I can learn that or I can do that or I can get help to do that and go for it. Mm. Um, and so it's just those sorts of things that, that you know, when I'm at, a point where I'm doubting myself or where I think, what, what is that voice saying to me? Why is it saying that? Is that just to stop me from um, looking silly or whatever it might be just to think, no, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> What's yeah. the worst that can happen? Exactly. And I you know, always sort of say to my trainees, you know, be, be, un- be comfortable with being uncomfortable kind of, you know, because you're always going to be learning every day. And that's when you're in your growth mindset as opposed to that fixed mindset, of, you know, and, and not moving. So given the doubts and things that you've kind of overcome, like what are you most proud of achieving out of everything so far? Um, gosh, I, uh, that's a really difficult question to answer because 
you know, if I look at it purely from from a sales perspective, there's always the the amazing deals that have to overcome lots of things to do, and the impact that that's had on on our customers and and the sort of value that that's brought. I look at, you know, what I what I'm so proud of is, you know, I look at my teams and and those who I've been mentoring and, and supporting who, who've gone on to achieve fantastic things because, in in some small part, I've helped them to see what what they're capable of or helped them to overcome come their imposter syndrome and it's it's that those small things every day that I see in in my team and around me of, of people who are stepping up to their full potential is what is what I'm proud of so again yeah. lots of examples but that's um you know when I look back it's it's for me yeah really really lovely to see people really come into themselves Oh, that's lovely. That's so sweet. And it's so nice for you to kind of be reflecting that your achievements are helping others and your customers, which is amazing. So how does Salesforce as an employer support you? Because they've got a great reputation for being one of the best employers and champion equality and diversity. So what support do they give you to kind of help you help others? Yeah. So it's uh, Salesforce, as I said, is, is a really fantastic culture for encouraging us all to try and reach our full potential. Uh, and so when it comes to professional development, personal development, it's you know, that is something that we all discuss regularly. So it's not a case of where, you know, we might do our plan and tuck it away in a drawer and then not mm. think about it. That's something that we are encouraged to be thinking about continually. And the difficult thing there is that everybody's always busy, aren't they? So so making that a priority is something that as a leader and, and with my leaders and, and across the, the business, we're encouraged to actively talk about and, and see how we can support that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a, a, an amazing benefit here where we get given $5,000 to spend every year on, on things that will help our development move forward. So that is something Great. which is you know, in addition to all the fantastic uh, training that we get, nice. you know, if you've got particular passion around you know whatever it might be you can go off and and do that and get the the support uh, which Salesforce will help with we've got a brilliant sort of uh, setup in terms of having ally groups and there's things like the women's network where you know you can you can help and support each other um, talk about things that we're, we're struggling with or be structured around some of the development that we've got there and think if you've got the capacity or the the, the tenacity to want to go in and do something, you're given the the the, the runway to to do that with support. So it really, I think, does uh, encourage you know that everybody is is um, fulfilling their their potential with you know around sort of various different structured routes. So it's mm-hmm. a great place to be and to to grow and develop. Yeah, that sounds great. And really good ideas for other employees as well who are listening to the show today, I think. And, uh, you know, that bit about life and work, as you say, it's all intertwined and it's really valuable to hear how Salesforce supports that. And you talk about things regularly, which are the key things. So how do you set boundaries and juggle responsibilities, given that you're in a more senior role now as well? I think people always are a bit concerned of like, well, if I'm in a senior role, it's going to take over my life. Like, how do you how do you work and manage things? Yeah, I think... Um particularly now that we're all at home and you know hopefully we'll all get back to whatever normal is going to be it's it's far harder to to keep those boundaries because in many cases you know we're at we're we're working from the kitchen table or we're working in our office and then to to do that progression that we normally would have with the commute is uh you know shutting the door behind us um (laughs) of the evening so i think that's definitely been harder uh, to do you know amidst this uh, global pandemic 
I think generally it's about being very clear with everybody around what what what's important from a life perspective. So I'm you know very open if I need to go and pick one of the girls up or uh, you know we've, we've, we're going to go and do the nativity play or the harvest festival that that's in my diary and that's non-negotiable that's what's happening and everybody can work around it and and encourage others to do the same because actually the most important thing is is family and and so we need to put them first and then it's around trying to prioritize you know the things that need to happen uh across the rest of the day from from a working perspective and there are times where that that needs to go over what, what a normal working day might be. But equally, it's I try to ensure from a work-life balance perspective that it's it's not 100% back to back to back to back um, and that there's time to either think or time to take a walk or, or to go out and do something. But for me, how I do it, it has to be about actually putting it in the diary, which sounds really obvious, but being really rigid around honouring that and keeping that in there and not just going, I oh, you know I can just... I'll just skip that today because, you know, we can be inclined, I know I can, to to let it be too much on the work and not enough on the balance. I know when I'm getting to that point because I get grumpy and tired and, you know, <laughs> everybody around me, husband and, and everybody will flag that up. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It, it's definitely doable. And I think the other thing is for us as a family is, you know, having the support around us to help with that. So my husband, James, you know, works full-time equally high pressured role. And, uh, but, but, you know, we, we're very clear on, on, you know, the equality between us uh, as, as a team is really important in so far as, you know, we have to juggle and we both support each other and actually the girls come first. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've equally got a fantastic nanny who, you know, we, we love who, who takes a lot of the, you know, the, the sort of during the day childcare on I've got a fantastic mother and father-in-law cleaner because we need we we have to look we have to look and say what can we do and what can't we do and what where can we get help and support and that you know we have to review that on a weekly basis sometimes on a daily basis and and when it's not working or something's got out of kilter to review that and then set it back because I know if I'm out of balance then I'm not doing the best that I can for Salesforce for my team for my customers so it's it's got to work. And we're encouraged to do that, you know, at Salesforce too, is to make sure that we're all uh, in the right balance. No, it sounds great. And having that support network is so important, isn't it? And it's about having that right support network for you, isn't it? Because I've been on this corporate leadership program last year and, you know, sort of for me, it was like, well, when I see the kids and not necessarily we work till six and have a nanny. So now we don't have a nanny and I pick the kids up, but actually I'm still able to manage my workload and it's not, and it's actually nice balance. So it's really just rejigging things, isn't it? Getting the balance that you want, having the support network and just sort of putting everything in place. And and it was interesting you were saying about actually it's harder for you at home managing boundaries, whereas other people who work from home normally have sort of felt, or people that don't work from home normally have felt actually it's been easier at home because they haven't got a two-hour commute <laughs> and they're able to do more with kids. So it's really interesting, isn't it, how everybody's so different and just yeah, getting that balance I mean, right. My my team have met probably all three of my girls now and, you know, my the little one likes to come and sit on my knee when, when we're doing a forecast call and or I'm having to break up a fight, you know, at that point where they're all not at school, that was tricky. But equally, everyone else 
was going through that too. So, you know, we just have to understand that empathize everyone's going through it and, and adapt and think actually it's brilliant to be able to see that from others and, and to get an insight into um, how we're doing it because everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, absolutely. And final tip about work-life balance. One of the things that comes up for people is around digital boundaries. And like, you know, we have so many different ways that emails and WhatsApp and everything else, and that could be customers or team members and things contacting you out of like what would be traditional work hours. Like, how have you managed that? How do you set those parameters for you and your team so people don't feel obliged to pick up a WhatsApp message from a customer at 10 o'clock at night? Or is that? Yeah, well, we we discuss, you know, I think the important thing is talking about it um, and not assuming everyone has the same boundaries as you and or not talking about it at all because uh, it's important that we don't feel like we have to be on 24-7. So I think setting expectations around, you know, at six o'clock, that's I move from being in, in my work mode to being mummy again and so you know I can't deal with things or it's not going to happen or whatever it is and I think it's it's just certainly with with my team uh you know we all discuss that so we all understand what each other's boundaries are and where we have flexibility or not but look it's not easy either and I think it takes some discipline to uh not be the person who is constantly on their phone and looking and scrolling through (laughs) and oh you know that little bit of you know that sort of we hear see the ping go off and it's automatically that we want to you know look and see who's who's trying to get in touch and I think you know at times that just means not being in front of actually putting the phone away or Mm. you know not having the laptop on or having two phones (laughs) having two phones yeah exactly exactly yeah brilliant oh thank you very much is there any other final tips that you give to anybody some really useful uh no other than just you know I think that the believe in yourself I know it sounds a bit cheesy but this uh the work that you're doing with everybody is is so inspiring and fantastic Heather that um you know it's really affecting uh, and changing you know the the whole way that we're we're working and engaging uh, especially with the work that Supermums is doing and I think if you ever get that little voice that says I'm not sure about this just ignore it and do it anyway because (laughs) what's the worst that's going to happen Oh, thank you, Muzzy. Um, crack on for sure. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> just put it to bed and get on with it. Excellent. No, that's really great. And I think it's just been really insightful just to see how different people operate and, and how different, you know, people carve their path to success. So thank you very much for sharing your journey and being so open and honest with us today. My um, pleasure. It's been fantastic. And thank you for listening, everyone, today. Please do review and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes if you like the show. And if you're looking to further your career in Salesforce, then check out the Supermums Facebook group and visit our website at supermums.org. Thank you once again. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Mums on Cloud9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Emfa.